0: Day 26, I went outside with flip-flops just so I could remember how it feels like. Day 31, I busted open a can of nuts, and what I really wanted to bust open was my nuts. Day 69, I have failed. I tickled the pickle, I emptied my pipes, I have failed.
1: Welcome to the LIFI podcast. This is a pseudo-research science podcast that discusses internet life with the lo-fi beat, thus the name LIFI. I'm your host Armando Saxomaitis, and today we'll be talking about No Nut November. So, I was wondering what should be the next topic that I grapple during my podcast, and I had a few competitors, but since it's November, while I'm writing this script, I decided to be topical and talk about the internet phenomenon of no nut November and the nofap movement. And cash in on the search algorithms. I hear you say,
0: Armandas, what is no nut November?
1: And to that I say have you been living under a rock? Well, let me just explain a little to you. So, internet historians say that no November is an annual internet challenge, similar to the No-Shave November challenge, in order to raise money and awareness for men's health and prostate cancer. This originated in 2011 and is going strong ever since. The rules of the challenge are pretty simple. You can't have any fricking, touching your hoo-ha-zone, or nuts in any way, shape, or form. Watching pornography and having boners is allowed, but you can't nut. You are allowed one wet dream. If you have more than one, then you are considered a loser. If you have passed the month with a total of zero nuts, you are considered a victor and you shall qualify for Destroy Dick December which works as an advent calendar. So on the 1st of December, you come once, on the 2nd, you come twice, on the 3rd, you do it three times, and oh-ho-ho-ho-ho, destroy Dick December, don't do it. All of this sounds too funny to be true, but it is, it is. So why would people do it? An obvious benefit is for men who struggle with porn or sex addiction, Some other men claim tremendous changes in their productivity, social abilities, love life and overall happiness, but the effects often sound hugely exaggerated without any scientific basis. That is why there's tons of memes on the internet about it.
0: Day 12 of Lola November, I can make wine out of water now. I sleep upside down like a bat, and I see demons. I met with the Grim Reaper today and told him when he was going to die. I can walk on water and melt ice by putting it in the freezer. Day 20 of now Not No and I have a all. on.
1: Knowledge ain't the truth behind this world. So I am a god now. As funny as it sounds, this internet challenge may lead men down a lifestyle of nofap. Nofap has a huge and active community on Reddit where 724,000 men share stories and advice about their journey. It, by idea, is similar to the No Nut Challenge. But with this lifestyle, you can bust a nut, as long as you're not the one tickling your pickle. In fact, a lot of men swear by this lifestyle. So who are we to judge what they do, or in this case, what they don't do in the bedroom? What's my opinion? Well, the fact that all of these claims are pretty unscientific does make you wonder. Then, when you dig deeper, you find out that the biggest supporter of this NoFap lifestyle is this website called NoFap.com, which preys on people ashamed of their sexual habits and sells them online support group sessions ranging from $20 a month to $120 a month. That's outrageous. Apart them, groups like Proud Boys also have their members undergo these lifestyles. The Proud Boys are a strange amalgamation of a men's rights organization, a fight club, and what some might say, as a hate group. One that loves Donald Trump, hates Muslims, and Jews, and trans people, but permits non-white membership. They've provided, in quotation marks, security, to former Trump advisor Roger Stone, who allegedly joined the group. And if you want to be an uber super duper Proud Boy, you have to adopt their policy of no wanks. Why so? The Proud Boys website explains that no wanks gets young men off the couch and talking to women and gets married men away from their computers and back into beds with their significant other. And the Proud Boys are hardly the only organization to unite its members through a rejection of some sort of sexual practice. Although the organization says that its rejection of masturbation is a way of pushing back against the ideals of a modern, liberal culture that's fueled by hookup apps and internet porn, an attack on busting those sweet, sweet, sweet nuts is hardly a modern issue the Catholic Church, an institution that the Proud Boys so dearly adore, has long positioned self-love as a sin and various religious figures and moral leaders throughout history have deemed the act immoral. It's pretty easy to realize why groups like this would forbid their members of doing what a man does. It's to enhance group loyalty. When you partake in emptying the pipes, what you're really doing is partaking in an act of self-exploration and individuality. Because it encourages us to think about what we want to do, rather than what we are told to do. I personally am seriously against anybody telling anyone what to do or not to do with their body if they aren't a doctor. And it's not like anyone is forcing these men to do it. It's their own prerogative, so you do you. So to better understand the world of NoFap and its perceived benefits, I invited a guest who participated in the lifestyle for several months. So to my knowledge, you've done a NoFap for two months, as far as I know. So I just wanted to ask, like, how was the whole experience? How was the lifestyle?
2: Uh, It's interesting. It's very different from what I actually expected. Um, as well as that the community itself is somewhat different from what you would expect when you first go into it. Mm
1: -hmm. The Reddit community. Uh,
2: Yeah, the Reddit community has... uh, What the name implies is not necessarily what they are, if you ask me, Mm -hmm. or at least in my experience. Um, When you first hear about NoFap, The idea is quite simple, or at least that's what you expect. Um, The idea of not fapping, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as you like start thinking about it, you think about it in the sense of either uh, when you see it through different media stuff. So for example, there are TED talks about it and other stuff um, where they talk um, about how NoFap is more of a way for people to get rid of their porn addiction. Yeah, while the other group is the extremist part of the community, um, which, if you ask me, is usually always the negative side. It's sort of the black sheep part, and sadly, that's the predominant part of the community um, because those are the people that think that any masturbation, regardless of what it is, is a bad thing, um, Mm -hmm. and that it is sort of... I wouldn't say it's as extreme in the sense of, for example, when you look at, um, religion in history, where they mm-hmm. were like, you can't do this because you'll go to hell. Um, are more along the lines of, if you do this, you're going to ruin your life. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's a little bit too extreme of a standpoint. Uh, while I do think that in general, if you do abstain here and there and you sort of take some time away from it all. It does actually help you to clear your mind. At that
1: and which group do you think is the majority the porn addiction people or the ones that want to abstain for the sake of abstaining?
2: Uh, I think it's actually funny because um, I have a feeling the most, the biggest group in the community is the people that are trying to get to lose their porn addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but as with most things, uh, the people who scream loudest the most present and that's mm-hmm. usually the people that are a little bit more extreme uh it's also what you would for example probably see right now in the media regarding to uh trump for instance who's only screaming and you don't hear that much about biden yeah. uh because trump is basically gathering all the media attention, uh, yeah all the weird jump studies
1: being loud and everything yeah but i'm guessing um you did it to get over your porn addiction and i'm just wondering what is a porn addiction you know like what constitutes one you know like
2: um i'm not quite sure about the official term uh for me it it was uh quite specific actually um so what i noticed was for example while walking on the street uh if i were to see a attractive young lady um my thoughts wouldn't be along the lines of oh she's attractive or oh she's pretty or something like that it would be more uh sexually so um the typical thing that you would usually hear in as people call it or as guys call it bro talk like oh i would totally do her Mm. um, stuff like that and i realized that somebody who's been raised a little bit more on the side of feminism that is an extremely Mm -hmm. toxic thought so i started being aware of the fact how many times I had those thoughts whenever I would see someone on the street, Um, Mm -hmm. combined with the fact that very often I realized that I wasn't actually seeing women as people. I was just seeing them as objects, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And that made it seem very toxic to me and very negative. And I started looking into what could be the reason for that, uh, which Mm -hmm. eventually turned to realizing that porn was a big part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure what the exact uh, description is of an addiction. I think it's something that you go, you do and you can't stop yourself from doing it. Like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that sort of, at least that's how I see it. So what I noticed when I stopped the first time, I was very aware of the fact that, that I had all these negative thoughts and I expected they were coming from porn, so I stopped for 30 days the first time. Um, which was before I did the two months and I've actually done it a bit longer at times. Um, uh, so I tried it for 30 days and, uh, after 30 days, I, after the first two weeks, I felt a lot better. And then, um, after 30 days, I was like, okay, well, I feel fine. And I don't think I like, I I thought to myself, I'm probably not addicted, which is Mm -hmm. the typical thing that you think after you haven't used something for 30 days, Mm -hmm. right? So I tried it again. Like I, I watched porn and masturbated again for two or three times, I think, in over the course of two days or three days. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I couldn't stop myself from doing it again. Mm -hmm. In which point I realized, okay, I'm actually like genuinely addicted to this. Uh, So I I realized at that point, and then from that moment that I realized that, it became a ton more difficult to actually stop, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I genuinely realize, like i could notice when my body was craving it and because i was aware what my body was craving i was aware that it was that um mm. so i was my body was obviously addicted to the dopamine about it because watching porn and all of that the release it gives uh gives you quite a shit ton of dopamine um mm. and yeah so i i turned at that point to the nofab community because i thought oh this is like a uh wholesome community of people who are trying to, you know, avoid Mm -hmm. porn addiction or trying to lose that, Um, to which I quickly realized that 99% of it was people screaming that um, porn was, uh, sorry, not porn was the devil, but well, porn was the devil as well, but mostly masturbation was the devil and it was unhealthy and all of this.
1: Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah. it's uh, a little bit extreme at some point.
1: And do you think that there's like some kind of middle ground?
2: I I think there is. Uh, I think it's it's dependent also on the way you might be raised and a little bit on the way you look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, uh, I'm very aware that there are people who might watch this stuff and um, might sort of been raised to look at it from an outside view. So not as if it's real, uh, Mm -hmm. which gives a very different impact on the mind um so those people could look at it every once in a while and not have any impact whatsoever Uh, and then the same for masturbation actually uh where it isn't looked at negatively but it you know is it's a little bit difficult to explain i think there is a middle ground in general it's just you have to find sort of the balance in both of them uh and you have to be aware of what is not real and what is real and what is like actually necessary Mm.
1: And why do you stop after the two months of NoFap?
2: Mm, so that's actually funny because um, the I think the time that I stopped the first time was as well during um, uh, NoFap November. Um, mm, no, not November. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry that. Yeah, no, not. Yeah, yeah, I call it NoFap November because it's actually one of those weird things. But um, so I, back then I started it also because I wanted to know like, hey, can I do this? Um, but then at the same time, the sort of like, sort of, it in a way of raising awareness, or at least you know, or prostate extent. cancer. Yeah, uh, and funnily enough, um, after you know those two months, during those two months, I did a lot of research into it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually, as far as I, I could very well be wrong, but from what I researched on it, uh, it seems that actually abstaining entirely is very unhealthy for your prostate. Yes. Um, Yes. In every two, you have to. It's natural to.
1: Yeah, you have to empty the pipes.
2: Yeah, you have to empty the pipes every two weeks, uh, or once every two weeks, on the bare minimum. Because if you do it more, I think it's like a twenty percent more increased chance of getting prostate cancer.
1: Yeah, I found the same thing during my research, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so so that's it's a little bit ironic how a thing to raise awareness for prostate cancer actually increases the risk for prostate cancer.
1: Yeah, but I wonder, do the men that like do it legitimately for several years, you know, like not touching, abstaining, like do they actually feel mm-hmm. like a difference in their body from that, you know, like we don't know? Um...
2: Generally, you, you you might feel the difference. It's also dependent on the situation and the person. I know that there, I have a few friends who are very low in libido, mm-hmm. um, so they won't have the urges that much, mm-hmm. which means they do it every month. Mm-hmm. Um, while I know plenty of others, including myself, who have quite a high libido and therefore, you know, have the urges a bit more. And that when you have that higher production, so to say, mm-hmm. um, it impacts you very different
1: libido kings. because
2: yeah pretty much um you'll well as the term goes blue ball yourself a lot more. yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah uh you'll you'll struggle with it a lot more than you would if you were to have a low libido because yeah that comes with age and that comes with a lot of difficulty. yeah um so yeah if i were to uh look at it as a whole like no fab as a whole i think the the thought about like Making people more aware about the problem with porn mm-hmm. and what it does to your mind is a very important thing. Um, also, for a lot of guys who, for example, can't find satisfaction in normal sex um, or can't find, uh, have problems with getting aroused or stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they don't realize the actual problem. They think it's a problem with themselves mm-hmm. or with the person they're with, even though they are fully in love with that person. Um, and that's just simply not the case right now, yeah. because it's usually just your brain being used to a different kind of thing, which is a lot more extreme. You also have that with porn, which is a big problem, where you always have to step it up a bit more to get the same amount of dopamine, yeah. which a lot of people will probably be familiar with, where you start off with something really innocent as a kid. I was 11, I think, when I uh, watched Two Girls Kissing. Yeah. And then when you're 14, that's gone up to a little bit more what you would call normal yeah. now. Um, and that in turn would then uh, go up to something really extreme. Like kinks and everything. Uh, yeah, like just extreme categories, etc. And that's just from the point that you go into the extreme in order to get the same amount of dopamine, it really starts affecting your mind in a natural and healthy relationship that you would maybe have at some
1: yeah. point. Um, I'm actually yeah. interested. So you're in a relationship right now, but do you still watch porn or no?
2: No, mm. and I haven't since a long time now. I haven't uh, for, I think, eight or nine months at this point. Um, and funnily enough, I'm still noticing side effects from it. from Because I have watched for, um, I think, 10 years in a row mm-hmm. or so. I watched, I think, between 12 or 11 and 22 or 21 um and uh i did it daily mm-hmm. um so that's also during a very crucial part in 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 your brain yeah. so to say like in your growing up uh it's part where you start experimenting and realizing things and figuring out what you're into and what you're not into um and uh, i realized that a lot of it was based on the thoughts of someone else so to say or at least what was what was given to me mm-hmm. um so it wasn't that I was actually interested in myself, but it was more like, oh, a lot of people like this, so I should probably like it too. And that went into the extreme things. And mm-hmm. um, as you might be aware, the porn industry has a very good thing with objectifying a lot yeah. uh, of women. So that that sort of came into that too. And just I'm realizing that a lot of the things, um, a lot of the problems that I had with self-image and, and previous relationships were because of the fact that i was watching this and i just had a very unhealthy and unserious like unreal look perspective on the entire Mm -hmm. uh, sex side um so yeah okay
1: i'm also just uh wondering uh so you said that you were like objectifying women in a sense
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um i was wondering like uh would dating apps in any way influence that or maybe give it's yeah
2: yeah i think it's actually funny because what i actually experienced um especially now if i were to um, download one for example tinder mm-hmm. is a very easy example um i feel so the thing about tinder is that it also has the absolute image where it is very much at face value you're not doing this for, well, 99% of the cases, I imagine that it's not for an actual relationship. It's just for the sex. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as I've heard, people talk about it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could very well be wrong in that. But um, so you are it's it's a normal thing there to objectify because the only thing you're going to be really paying attention to is the looks because, you know, swiping left and right Mm -hmm. and then probably two or three lines of a biography, where it's just like a good pickup line or a good, you know, funny thing or some common interest that that person has, Yeah. Um, to which you have a talk for what a day, maybe an hour, and then you meet up and you do it, and that's it. Usually, um, now I think that that like is just maybe that has come out of the thought that that objectifying etc is normal now. Mm-hmm due to culture or due to porn or due to whatever um, but uh, yeah I think I think uh, dating apps there are dating apps that are different but I think a lot of dating apps are oriented around that a little bit or at least it's not just objectifying of women it can also be objectifying of guys yeah because it's also based on base value yeah also based on just looks
1: yeah but I also just think it's really hard for us to avoid objectifying online because like it's a very limited medium on dating apps sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you're supposed to, like, based on a photo, based, like, on a quirky description of a person and some of their info, decide if you're interested or not, you know? And it's just, like, it's yeah. kind of, like, pointing you to objectify that person, you know? So it's kind of hard.
2: Yeah, the the medium makes it somewhat difficult to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: To, to properly not objective, because you don't have the opportunity. If we were to meet in real life, it would be very different. Yeah, Because we were to have an actual conversation, we would see the, the body expression, like the body responses, you would see that I would have a certain way of talking, uh, hand gestures, um, stuff like that. And that's not possible behind a screen. So if you were to start texting with somebody, of course, the experience is going to be very different from actually talking to them or walking up to them in a bar. Yeah. Um, So it'll automatically become a lot more difficult, and it'll be really interesting to see how, hopefully, at some point, people will find a solution to that. Um, But yeah, the medium definitely makes it a lot harder to uh, sort of counteract that part. Mm
1: -hmm. And do you have any advice to the
2: guys listening? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think for me, what helped a lot was self reflection, which sounds very zen so to say, and I'm not saying like meditation, etc., because that might help for some people and it might not help for others. Generally, the, the thing is very different for each person. Um, there are communities, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it's called no porn or something along those lines, but if it's in the porn category, there's less extreme communities that just focus on what you're doing and you just enter a group mm-hmm. where they help you deal with it. So it's like a support group, so to say. So you're in a group with 10 people online and they all say haven't done it for this period of time, not going to do it for this period of time. Hmm. And then they just hold themselves accountable to it together. Hmm. Um, so that might help. Uh, it's For me, it was reflecting. So I did a lot of like, I started writing a journal and I started just thinking about certain actions I had done and thoughts and everything that I would had and sort of thinking about, is this healthy? Where does this actually come from? Um, some people might actually need or want to get counseling. Like, go look for a therapist. It's not something weird. Uh, in a lot of countries, it's actually quite affordable as well. Uh, like, healthcare does support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a problem that's okay, but it's it's a little bit of a, a scary problem as well because I think it's one of those things where a lot of guys might be insecure about yeah, it. Yeah, shame. Um, so, so if that isn't possible, then just, you know... Um, do try try things out. And if you fail, that's fine. I mean, there's plenty of guys that won't be able to stop in one go. That's very normal. It's the same with smoking. Maybe uh do the thing that people actually do with smoking. Slowly lessen it. Go from one pack to half a pack a day to you know quarter to one cigarette a day and then none. Just go it slowly. Um Do what I think the biggest one that actually also worked for me is remove the triggers. Oh yeah, those, yeah. Um, Such as like I had, um, I used VR. VR, yeah. And one of the things I did with VR was what you can guess, porn.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: So I hid away my, you know, my VR goggles um, because I was aware that if I were to put them on, it would be a trigger and I would be like, oh, but I could also just do this really quick
1: yeah right?
2: um sex toys even for males or for females doesn't really matter put them somewhere you can't easily access them and in a few in a while like i can go ahead and grab them again but if you keep them away for the first month the first two months whatever it'll make it a lot easier because you're avoiding the triggers that you would usually have yeah and yeah um make a change in routine like instead of sitting behind the computer where you would normally after when you get bored, be like, okay, well, let's go and do this now. Um, go, when you realize that you're a little bit bored and you've got the notion, go do pen push-up. Yeah. Go do whatever, right? Go make food. I don't, not that I'm like a big person that's like, go indulge yourself in a lot of food because that can go very wrong as well. Yeah. Don't go from one yeah. addiction to the other. But, you know, figure out things that sort of replace the routine of what you're doing. And then once you've broken it for two weeks, it becomes a lot easier. And from that point, just keep on going. Yeah, yeah. And just be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of what you're feeling. And in that case, journaling helped for me because I realized that if I did it each day, I could actually see how my mood was changing over time, which became a lot better. I became a lot less agitated. Um, I was living towards the moment a lot less. Like I was, the world didn't revolve around porn or masturbation Mm -hmm. um so yeah just just those things generally can help and it might be very different for someone else maybe somebody has no problem stopping whatsoever or you know yeah um yeah i also
1: just think from what you said that also just doing some general digital housekeeping is really helpful you know because some people follow like tons of like hot sexy instagram models like i do the same thing Mm -hmm. but like I mainly follow them because I'm just like this is beautiful and for me like it's not really triggering but it does like do the libido thing you know and I'm just like yeah I don't know. It's it's
2: yeah it's the mindset behind it as well so I never followed the the hot babes babes. on the Instagram sorry for the terrible (laughs) term I hate actually saying that but I never followed them and I never did a lot of that um which was funny, because you would imagine that that would actually help, that I wasn't following yeah, them from Yeah, the start. Yeah. But, for example, uh, I watch shows, and I sometimes watch them on you know illegal websites, because I'm <laughs> pirate. <laughs> um, and then there's ads, and those ads could trigger it, because suddenly you are confronted with something like that, like a GIF of it, or a photo. Yeah, you know. yeah. Doctor is a Mostly just, yeah, just mostly be aware of it. Right. Like, like, don't try to, it's, it's not something that is actually your fault is something I definitely want to say, because this is, it's been, we both know it's literally been designed for your brain to be addicted. Yeah, yeah. It's made in a way where you're going to be stuck to it because they earn money from it. Um, so, so be aware of what they're trying to do and try and counteract it, or at least when you are aware, you might have less trouble with keeping yourself straight and keeping yourself going yeah in that regard
1: yeah well i think we had a really interesting discussion and i'm um, i'm just curious um if you still have anything to say you can say it and um yeah uh
2: not really huh? um i think good luck if you want to try it i would definitely suggest you try it for a month uh not that i'm saying that you should never do it again or never watch porn again um i personally still masturbate here and there but it's just being becoming aware of how much impact it has is the biggest yeah um and from that point you can yourself decide do i enjoy the impact or do i not enjoy the impact for some people it might be you know nice they might actually not care at all some people it might not impact them at all but it is a fun challenge in general if you okay um so yeah i think that's it and good luck if you try cool cool
1: cool cool. thanks a lot So I hope you enjoyed this little discussion about men's health, because I feel like you don't hear this stuff often enough, and it's nice to talk about it with someone. And to my kings and queens that listened through the end, I'd like to thank you, and if you're really interested in trying No Not November, even though it's not November anymore, you're probably listening to this in December, try it, you know, like, maybe leave in the comments a month later how you did, you know, and... I don't know, just keep your digital environment safe, keep away from triggers and see what happens. If you like the podcast so far, the biggest thing that you can do to help is just share it with a friend and tell him like, yo, this is a dope podcast. You got to listen to it, man. Or, if you're generous enough, you can donate a euro on my Patreon. But if you can't, just press that share button, leave that review, leave that comment, and I'll see you guys next month. Bye!